it's surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And this is a Mastering 40 episode, which I am so excited to bring you. So if you don't know this, Mastering 40 is basically my attempt to break 40 minutes in the 10K at age 40. I turned 40 January 24th this past year, just a couple weeks ago, in fact. And I'm excited to get this done. So it came on the heels of the worst athletic year of my life, one beset by injuries, weight gain, poor running, so on and so forth. And last summer I said, enough is enough. Let's set a big goal. And here that is exactly what I'm trying to do right now. So before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to one of my sponsors, Tracksmith. They are a brand that has been with me this whole time. My favorite running gear brand. And frankly, it's not even close. In fact, if you're dealing with really cold weather right now, and I know a lot of you are, I know I am, this past couple weeks has been extremely cold up in New England. They have the No Days Off series. You got to check this stuff out. Obviously, No Days Off is not meant to say, hey, you should never take a rest day. It's more of, hey, never let the weather dictate whether you're going to run. So head over to Tracksmith, check out their No Days Off series. It is truly remarkable. They do such great work and not only will it keep you warm, it's so soft, it's comfortable, it's durable. And hey, you're just going to love this stuff and it's going to last. That's the most important thing. It's going to last. So you can use code RAMBLINGRUNNER on your first purchase of $75 or more and you'll save 15 bucks on that purchase. So this episode is about recently we have amped up the training. It has changed. <laughs> and the kinds of workouts I'm doing are very different than before. So it's not any of the speed stuff. It's much more longer segment based. So three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, sometimes even much longer than that. And stuff that does not really fit into my wheelhouse traditionally, even when I've been at my fittest, those are the sessions that have always been really difficult for me, comparatively speaking, compared to what I've been able to do on the track and for shorter segments. So really dive into this one, man. <laughs> this was, uh, man, I'm, I'm, this, this part of my training has been tough. It has been flat out tough. So we're going to start off with my conversation with my coach, James McCurdy, the founder and co-owner of McCurdy Trained. And then we'll get into my conversation with Adrienne Langelier about basically the the mental side of it. So she's my my uh, sports psychologist. And I can't wait to get into it with her because I have a lot to talk about with her in regards to what my training is right now and how I'm trying to deal with it. So let's get into it. James, it's go good to talk. I know I'm, I'm grabbing you. You're like one day out from, from your from foot surgery. and You're making time to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody knows about foot surgery. So if they're listening to this, this is the first time they're hearing about it uh, outside of my immediate friends and family and athletes. Gotcha. Well, all right. So, so I guess, you know, this is obviously about my training. But so now that, you know, most people don't know about the surgery, what, what exactly is happening? Well, uh, I've got a, a little bit of a, a bone issue in my foot. I've been, I've been struggling with pain on and off for the past three years. Um, back in October of 2017, I stepped on a rock, which, you know, wouldn't normally affect anybody, but I felt a little bit of a, a little popping and, um, I got an x-ray right away, an MRI right away, just to make sure I didn't hurt anything terribly. And it was always kind of there. And I trained well through it. I ran, a, I ran some really, some, some really fast workouts and races, some lifetime bests on some really, really hard and challenging days. Um, even in that, in the next, over the course of the next six, nine months. And then, um, no, I ran that marathon in Buffalo and I finished the marathon and my foot was like swollen. And it's like, well, okay, that's just because of the rock issue and, you know, get another x-ray, get an MRI and, and, and make sure nothing's terrible and took a little time off and came back from it. And I had to take maybe two months off or so. And I was able to train for about six months and then it came back again. And then I took more time and then I was able to train for four months and then it came back and then I trained for three months and then it, it took some more time off. And most recently I, I started running again and I was only able to get about five weeks of, of actual training before, um, 
before I needed to take some more time. And in the course of these three years, I saw some of the best doctors uh, in the country. Um, and inside of that, um, there's been a lot of, you know, like, okay, well, it could be this, it could be that. And, and finally, um, I, I sat down with one of my athletes' husbands, who's been my, uh, has been Heather's PT for a while, and uh, through her surgery, and he's he's really quite quite uh, intelligent in this field. Um, he, he's he's amazing, actually. And uh, he said, you know, you might have a, a hidden bone spur um, behind, you know, maybe it's just not catching on the MRI because of where it's placed. So, okay, well, let's let's go see a surgeon because therapy isn't going to get rid of a bone spur, you know? So we saw the surgeon and he said, well, you know, the, it, you definitely don't have a bone spur, but based on, you know, these five MRIs over time and these x-rays and your experience and what, where the pain is and what's happening, um, you know, this is what I think it is. And so we're going to go in and it, 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 it's kind of a messy surgery. It's not a very long surgery. It's just, there's some things he's got to do and he's got to fix up and I'm going to be back to normal uh it's just a matter of um ultimately what do they find in the bones once they um they do some testing to figure out what's happening and just kind of go from there so i i i'm a little anxious about it of course uh because i don't want to have to be dealing with this but um uh we'll uh, we'll figure it out we'll get it done and um we'll uh we'll get on the road to recovery yeah for sure and, and good luck to you tomorrow absolutely you know, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not exactly uh, thrilled that I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go through it. But um, I'm, I'm very thankful that I've got a, a really smart squad of people uh, in my corner. That's for sure. So what I've seen on my end is, and you, and you told all your athletes this, and obviously I'm not your only athlete. So, but I've been able to witness it is, you know, you, you know, really like thinking ahead. All right, what is Matt going to be doing in February, and really planning out almost the entire month at this point. Um, what, what's, what's, what's to come. So with that being said, that means you really had to kind of do a full intake of what happened in January and then figure out, all right, well, what are we going to be doing, um, moving forward? So what were some of the things that came top of mind for you? Well, I think it's more of the same, right? Um, we know it's not just what a January looked like. It's what a January looked like on top of, on top of December and on top of November, right? How do they all play a role? So one of the things that um, that I've really liked uh, seeing over the past past few weeks is that you haven't been afraid to go out there and get the work done, right? Yeah, I mean, we've all had some schedule issues and things like that, but okay, giddy up. I'm going to go out. I don't know if I can do this, but I'm not going to let my fear of unknowing uh, of ability deter me from making an attempt. One of the things I really liked that you did this past week in particular was we had this idea of this session, but you alternated, or no, I shouldn't say alternate, you adjusted the pacing for the true intent of the workout, right? Uh, I saw some really good workouts out of you, some things that led me to believe that, yeah, he is more fit now than he was. So therefore, because I believe that, I'm going to adjust paces to what I believe he truly is. Uh, and it was a big jump. And I, I was probably a little bit too aggressive in that jump, but we had a good conversation, a good understanding of, hey, I'm not sure about that. And we talked about adjusting and making sure that you just run the workout and let's just kind of retroactively make adjustments from there if we need to. Uh, but all in all, I think the, the entirety of, of what I'm seeing is that you are just in better shape than you were. So I don't want to change anything moving forward. I want to keep you in that 40, 45 miles a week range. And that's, I don't want to go much higher than that. But I'm going to look at 35 miles a week and say, hey, what's going on here? You know, like you are ready for this. You are ready to run what it is uh, that's on your schedule. Maybe we'll adjust the pacing uh, accordingly, but the volume of running shouldn't change that much as long as nothing chaotic happens too often uh, at home with work and kids and school and all that, um, you should be able to run 40 to 45 miles for the next, really probably for the next 10 to 10 to 12 weeks without any issue. Yeah. Um, and then I know the workout, that, one of the workouts that you're talking about was we had, I had like a three by 10 minute, which boy was that, 
Boy, was that tough. Um, and because it snowed, um, it was like pretty icy, you know, from, from the day before. So just finding a spot to do it was tough. So like normally I would do something like that on like, on like the bike path, which is a great spot to do that kind of work. Um, it's, you know, it's fairly flat. It's, it's, you know, it's pretty flat. And, um, yeah, it's just not, especially this time of year, isn't highly trafficked. But the, the snow made that an impossibility. And the other roads that I run on, there isn't much of a, you know, usually when I run on them, it's because I'm on the sidewalk. There isn't much of a shoulder. And the sidewalks weren't cleared in a lot of those places. So I went and found a road which um, did have a pretty big shoulder which was nice. Uh, but it's much more like long incline, long decline. It was, um, it was aggressive. <laughs> it was hard. It was definitely hard for me. Uh, I mean, that would have been hard no matter what, but it was, um, it definitely was a matter of like, all right, I just need to like stay kind of in that threshold zone. And it was, it was hard to hang on the last five minutes. That's for sure. Well, um, let's think about that. Let's, let's analyze what that means. Right. When we're, when we're talking about threshold, I see this is where I hate the word tempo. This, this word, it drives me nuts. Tempo means nothing because you could talk to 5,000 different people and get 4,000 4, different definitions of the word tempo. When we use the word threshold, we are literally talking about the ability to, to uh, basically race for an entire hour before you, your body kind of collapses and fails, right? So if you can handle this pace for about an hour's worth of work, 10 minutes should not be a nightmare. Right. You should be able to handle 10 minutes of that intensity. Give yourself a two, two and a half minute walk rest and do it again and then do it again. And then possibly, depending on the volume per week that somebody's running, maybe do it a fourth or a fifth round. Right. But 10 minutes of that intensity should not throw anybody over the top, because if you're if you're dying after 10 minutes of that speed, well, either you're fighting sickness, fighting conditions that you're unaware of. Uh, or were wrong about your fitness. So, so for me, it wasn't the first two that was really, I mean, they were, they were hard. I'm not going to act like they weren't hard. They were hard. The last five minutes of the last one, it was definitely a grind. Like I was like pulling out all the mental tricks to stay engaged. Unfortunately, this is how it like worked out. Like when I hit that point, it was also like right around where my car was. And I was like, don't stop. Don't stop with the car. Keep yeah. going. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, running past it. Um, you know, I definitely like slowed down a bit too. Um, not a lot, a little bit, uh, during that, during that, that part of the segment. Um, yeah. So who knows because it was so, because it was so rolling, it was hard to get like a great in moment gauge of like what pace I was running. It was definitely like, it was 100% by feel. And if you look at the pace overall, it was around like 745 to 755 pace. If you look at like the Strava gap pacing, which I find to be pretty useful, is basically like eliminates the uh, the the elevation gain out of it and tries to kind of sound like round, round the numbers a little bit, you know, had it much closer to like 730 pace, which I think was the, which was the original prescribed you know, roughly the, the prescribed pace for it. Yeah, and it wasn't too far. It really wasn't too far off. But let's talk about the shoes that you wore. Oh, for this one, I wore the Asics Evo Ride, which is not a racing shoe, correct? No, it's more of like a. It's more of like a, it's a. You know, I think they they talk about it as like one of those like either a really fast daily trainer type or tempo day shoe. Okay. There's that word tempo. Oh my gosh. So here, here's, here's my definition. If, if, if a professional runner wouldn't wear in a race, then it's not a racing shoe. It's not meant for really hard workouts. It, it could be fine for faster, easy runs from time to time or progressive fast run, finish run. Um, uh, but I, I, I wouldn't use it for, for somebody who's trying to hit X, X pace. Now, I, I don't necessarily mean that an athlete needs to be wearing 4% for every single workout. Certainly, there were racing shoes prior to carbon-plated shoes. But uh, if, I wouldn't, if I wouldn't see a professional wearing that type of shoe in a race environment, then I wouldn't consider it a racing shoe. And if it's not a racing shoe, chances are you're not going to run the same speeds in that type of shoe that you would if you wore a traditional racing shoe. Uh, and there's all different versions of that. The Adidas uh, 
Uh, Adios is a lightweight racing shoe. The, the Adidas Boston would also uh, be a, a good racing shoe. The Saucony Canvara, not played it at all. That's a good racing shoe. I know Tim Ritchie wore that for marathons, ran 214 in that shoe, right? But there's chances are there's not too many professional ASICs runners out there that are wearing that shoe <laughs> that you chose to wear for that for that specific workout. And I think that really it really does play a role into hitting prescribed paces. When there's too much variance in the shoes that you're wearing and one's more of a racing shoe and one's more of a lightweight training shoe, it is going to affect the ability to hit the work. Period. It, it, it's going to affect it. Okay. So I did actually, I did get a free pair of shoes that were just sent to me that I, I just, um, actually, I, don't, I haven't opened them yet, but they're right over here in the box next to me, is the Skechers Razor Plus, which is, I think, similar to the shoes that you just talked about. So basically, their plated shoe is this shoe with a plate in it. Um, so it's, I think it's 6.7 ounces. Yeah, it's light. I mean, they have another shoe similar in this realm called the Hyperspeed. Um, and it, it's a great shoe. I mean, take the plate out of it, which it doesn't have in the first place. It's a great shoe. I've I ran some of my best workouts in that shoe. Um, right. So the Razor, so the Razor Plus is then their naming their naming conventions are a little odd, Skechers. But this is basically like the updated version of the of the uh, Razor Three. Yep. Yep. Which is the one that has like the big giant speed on the side. If anyone yeah. has seen Skechers, so I know it's you know it's a, it's a horrendously ugly shoe, but I know a lot of people liked it. Um, so it's basically the updated version of that. So it's the same midsole, same outsole, just a different upper. Um, but anyway, so I think that it probably is more in line with what you're, you've been talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I, I think and that, that, that could be the hard part. Like you go into a workout, you say, okay, I'm going to hit X, but you're wearing a shoe that's going to be softer or eats up the ground and it, it has no return to it. It's going to get waterlogged or whatever because of the type of fabric it has and you're running in a rainy day. Um, or it's just a slower shoe because it's not really meant for that type of work. And then you're like, man, like I had such a hard time today. Well, yeah, of course. Of course you're not going to. I mean, there's a reason why I'm not, I, I'm not going to do a marathon in my Asics Kayano, you know? Like it's, it's not a shoe that's meant to be worn in a race. It's it's a good training shoe. It's a good easy run or long run shoe or a warm up and a cool down shoe. It's not meant to do the work. All right. So I think I don't think we we're too far off. And how this relates to you, I don't think we we're too far off with the V dot change too much. Um, maybe maybe a little bit more aggressive than we than we than I should have been. Um, but I don't think it was so over the top. Like wow, I just blew you out of the water. I think I think shoe choice had a, had a big more of a role to do with being slightly off pace than um than being more aggressive in uh in the in the, in the prescription of workouts yeah and then the, the other part too is that this is something that i've always struggled with in terms of like these kinds of workouts and i don't even know if it's mental at this point i'll talk to adrian about that later is um i've always struggled with these kinds of workouts relative to where i am fitness wise so like you know if we you know i, I know that you know, if you had kept, say, so we'd, we'd up the VDOT score to 48. If you just gave me track workouts, you know, 200-meter repeats, 400-meter repeats, 600-meter repeats at that level and with the corresponding paces, I don't think it, you know, I don't think it would have been any, I don't think a change would have been needed. You know, I've, I've always kind of like been at that, you know, I've always kind of been able to do that. Even when, shoot, even going back 10 years ago when I was marathon training, um, with the Ronald McDonald crew here in Rhode Island, and they had some really good runners. There was like some a couple of two thirty marathoners, a, you know, a handful of three hour marathoners, and I would run the track workouts with the three hour marathoners. To put in perspective, I was training for a three thirty five. Well, 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 let's uh, let's uh, look at that too. Um, I mean, VDOT is not a law; it's just correlation uh, of ability over over known science and whatnot. But it's not the law, and Certainly, some athletes, myself included, um, are more anaerobically blessed than uh, aerobically blessed, meaning you could just pop out there and run some really hard 200s and 400s and 600s, which might take you about two minutes or so. Um, and with given appropriate recovery, you're going to be able to repeat those over and over and over again because it's not aerobically taxing. But as soon as we start to get to, to the aerobic part, 
that's where VDOT can break down a little bit for those athletes who aren't aerobically developed yet. All right. So it's not uncommon to have a mile or a 5K, even though a 5K is really aerobic, it's not uncommon to have a higher VDOT with a 5K or a mile uh, than you might have for a half marathon or a marathon. It has a lot to do with the athlete's profile of ability and what they've worked on over time and the natural tendencies. Incredibly rare to have uh, an athlete run what it is, uh, a VDOT score from the mile all the way up to the marathon and have it be equal across the board. You're going to have, it's more common than not to have some disparaging. And not to say that you're always going to be faster at the short distance. It's just as common to see somebody who's uh, more capable at the endurance stuff than they are at the short distance because of their profile. They don't have the same anaerobic ability as they do aerobic ability. Coach Esther Atkins is one of them. I mean, she's 13th in Boston. She was uh, a world championship, I think second for the USA at the world championship in the marathon uh, in Beijing. Uh, I think she was 23rd or 21st there. And don't quote me on that, but I guess you ha- kind of have to because we're on a recorded podcast. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she, she's run 233 in the marathon, but her 5K doesn't match anywhere near what what her marathon uh, PRs are, you know? So everyone's going to have this a little a little different concept. You, We know this because of your history of basketball and, and, and powerful sprinting uh, sport like that. You are more anaerobically blessed. But we all we to run a great 10K, we need to work on that aerobic profile, and it takes time. And it takes exposure to it. And I don't think we're that far off. I really don't. And building that aerobic profile, does it only come from the workouts, or do the easy runs contribute to that as well? Easy runs uh, are the, the, the powerhouse. That's where we develop the ability um, to uh, develop mitochondrial uh, cells, which uh, help transport oxygen to the muscles. So that's, that's kind of the powerhouse. You only develop that, that the mitochondrial. This is a little bit more sciencey than, uh, than, than some folks might want um, but, or care to listen to, but you only are going to develop mitochondrial cells at around 60, 65% of your max heart rate, right? That's why easy running is so important. That's why 80%, 85% of your running should be easy because you're not going to get any more benefit by running harder, right? So if, if you're not going to get any more benefit by running harder, spend more of your time running easy so you can develop those cells so that when you are needing more oxygen in some of the higher, uh, higher intensity sessions, it's there for you, right? But it takes time to build that. Uh, it takes time to build those. It's not like, okay, this week I worked on mitochondrial cell development and now I'm all of a sudden at, at another level. No, it takes years. Uh, it takes years to develop that process. Um, so inside of that, easy running is the, is the most important aspect of it. You know, consistency of easy running over time. Uh, and then or, as you develop that and as you develop other aspects of fitness, anaerobic ability, aerobic debil- uh, ability, marathon ability, as you develop those other things, they all work together, right? Um, but as you notice, the crux of your miles are easy running. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And then the other the last thing I want to touch on um, is something that's been new for me. I know it's not new for, for everybody, but new for me is doing the kind of the weekend doubleheader. So Saturday, Saturday, longer workout. By longer, I mean like, you know, not that it's necessarily much different than the weekday workout, but just more time, which, you know, most more people usually have more time on the weekend. So that makes all the sense in the world. So just a longer workout session between eight and 11 miles or so. And then the next day following it up with, you know, 75 to 90 minute easy run, which is for me is new because usually in the past, it's been like, all right, follow that kind of workout with a rest day or maybe three or four miles. So um, I, it's like an interesting challenge. I know other people do it. So I was excited to, I was excited when it popped up on my schedule to give it a try. And I'd love to just hear the thinking behind that sort of um, schedule uh, construction. All right. So um, one, uh, we're not, we're not risking glycogen depletion. Uh, because like you said, the, the, the run is somewhere between 70 and 90 minutes post speed, right? Uh, so it's not going to risk glycogen depletion. Uh, it's still an easy run. You know, it's not a, it's not a long run with any pace, uh, inside of it. It's still meant for an easy run. Um, so in that it's just a little bit longer 
than a regular easy run. Now, 70 minutes, 75, 80 minutes isn't that much longer than 55. Not really. You know, we're only talking a, a bit of time. It's not like we're running double the length. Um, so in my mind, I don't view these as double headers. Oh. Uh, but I do view it as a new stimulus. It is something you aren't used to. And it's something that takes a little bit of time to get used to. Right. Uh, I don't want to. I, I, I do want to increase a little bit of mileage over time, but I don't want to increase. Uh, understanding your limitations with your work life, I know what that we can't always increase how many days a week you're running. But number two, I don't want to increase the uh, uh, the time you're running on your regular easy days because of your time constraints as well. Right. Uh, so we add it to a, a little bit of this long run. Now, what can be a challenge is, I think the first time we're in a new phase. Or a block. And what I mean by that is a six to eight week fo focus of training. The first time, the first one, two, or three weeks of that can take a little bit of getting used to. And those who are, who are listening to this, who, who have trained for a marathon, might understand that a little bit more if I describe it this way. Oftentimes, when you first introduce marathon training, the first one, two, or even three marathon workouts are actually really hard. And when you look back, they might have been the hardest of the entirety of the block of marathon specificity that you had. But marathon intensity isn't that hard, right? It's not really that hard at all. It's just you're introducing a new stimulus and it's a challenge because maybe the volume of mileage goes up. Uh, or just spending time at that exposure takes a little bit of time and get a little bit of getting used to. Generally, we see that by the fourth week of that concept, that new phase of training, it's, it becomes matter of fact. Okay, this is what I got to do. But it's really week one, two, and three. It's like, oh man, that, that seems a little bit long. It takes a little time to get used to it. It's not that it's too much volume. It's really not that much volume at all. It's just, it takes a little time to get used to it. Yeah, then that's exactly how I felt about it. I was like, all right, now I'm going to be, not that I was like so sore I couldn't run, but I was like, now I'm going to be running, you know, 80 minutes or so on tired legs. Yeah. Which yeah, I really have. I really, usually when I do workouts, I'm fresh. When I do easy runs, I'm pretty normal. So it was, it was definitely a new feeling, a new thing. And it was, um, you know, I, was, I, you know, I mean, I should, I prescribed workouts like that for people. So I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't a novel experience from seeing on a schedule. It was definitely just novel for my body. Well, so it's, I had this conversation with Parker Stinson uh, earlier this week. Uh, Parker had a big workout on tap um, that he was talking about on social media. And we, we have a, a casual conversation from time to time. Uh, I'm not his coach. He's, he's working with, uh, with Jathan Ritzenheim, but I like to touch base with him from time to time. Uh, I like him and, uh, I like to see him succeed. And he had a, he had a really good first half marathon back a few weeks back in Naples. He ran 63.30 or so, uh, which is like 452 per mile, which is pretty good. He's just coming back from a knee surgery like six months ago. That's wonderful. Uh, but then he had a big workout that Dathan had prescribed him, four miles, three miles, two miles, one mile. And I put on his wall and his Instagram wall, I said, I bet you you run near these times. And he's like, dude, that's insane. You know, like there's no way I'm going to hit that. Um and, and I think the last bit uh, of it was a one mile. I predicted 428. And then as he goes through the workout, I think he was within like 15 seconds of the four mile block, within 15 seconds of the three mile block, within 10 seconds of the two mile. And I was within half a second of the mile. Uh, and we were talking about it. And I said, hey, that, you know, I wasn't too far off from predicting that. He's like, yeah, I had no idea I was going to be that quick. I had no clue. I was like, well, think about it this way. And, and Heather gave me this, and I don't know where she got it from or she came up with it herself, but it's, it's the reflex of running. The first time you put on spikes or road racing shoes, the very first time you do mile repeats, that workout feels like hell. It is terrifying how hard that workout is. Even the second time, it's kind of the shock to the, sick, uh, the system, but the third time you do it, even if it's the same speed, it's not that hard. Your brain understands what it means to, to be under that pressure for that period of time. Your body physically understands what it means. It's not going to be a shock to the central nervous system or to the muscles. And even if the, the first and the third workout were only two weeks apart from each other, 
it's not like you're that much more fit in such a short period of time. It's just that your brain and your muscles and your, and your central nervous system, everything is accepting of it, right? So when I explained that to him about his workout, like the half marathon, he said, oh, I felt like that was a real boost in fitness. I was like, it's not a boost in fitness. You're, not, you're no more fit now than you were 10 or 14 days ago. It's just that your body is more accepting of the fitness that you actually have, right? It's the same way for you. You're not more fit now than you were three weeks ago. You're just, you just got to get used to this and it's going to get easier. Your body will be more accepting of the fitness that you actually have. And you're not going to have these governors. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, James, thank you so much for, again, the, the, the every three week download of knowledge. I certainly appreciate it. And most importantly, good luck tomorrow. Oh, I appreciate it. All right. We'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks for the time. And uh, yeah, we'll touch base soon. All right, folks, if you know me at all, you know that I love Inside Tracker. All right. Looking in the mirror, stepping on a scale, that's not going to tell you if you're a healthy person. You need to go deeper. You need to go inside. So, Inside Tracker, you know, it helps you be resilient, to live better, to take basically anything that comes your way and make the most of it. And the thing that they're able to do is really look at you know, your 40 some on biomarkers let you know if you fall within the normal range of someone um, with your characteristics. And there's this huge survey you take, which is really, really deep and informative, which is exactly what you want. You want to get the most knowledge that you can about your body and where it is right now so you can make short-term and long-term changes to move you forward. And these are the things that you can't just look in the mirror and see, right? If you have an iron deficiency, ferritin, vitamin D, uh, hormone imbalances, these are the kind of things that can have a significant effect on you as an athlete and as a person, and you're just not going to know where they fall uh, for you if you if you don't you know have your blood taken and, and take a peek at what's inside and that's why they call it inside tracker for a reason and they do such good work and I'll tell you what you got to go over there now because their Black Friday type deal is about to come to an end so their ultimate plan their best plan you can save two hundred dollars on their ultimate plan but you better do it soon this baby's gonna end in a week in a week and you can buy all these plans too for a while you don't have to like buy one and use it right away you can buy one in advance go over to insidetracker.com you have the link in my show notes you go over there the key thing here is make sure you use the code gift from rambling run that's right gift from rambling run you can go to the show notes to get the specific code that will save you all that dough two hundred dollars I mean, my goodness, this is stuff you want anyway. So you might as well go there, save some dough while you're doing it, and become the best version of yourself. All right, if you've been listening to this show for really any amount of time, you know how much I love Prevenex and specifically Joint Health Plus. The health of your joints is paramount for runners of all ages, especially someone like me, 39, I'm turning 40 in under a month. It's, don't I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it, but it's true. But frankly, no matter what your age is, the health and wellness and maintenance of your joints is so important. Joint Health Plus is an absolutely unbelievably effective supplement that I trust. I've trusted for over a year now. And if you try it for a week or two, I know that you will trust it too. In fact, they have a money back guarantee. So go to Prevnex.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% on your first order. Go check out Joint Health Plus. Believe me, you're going to be so glad you did. It's something that you can really do to nourish your joints because, hey, you're beating them up. You know you are with all those road miles. You love it. You love to do it. So let's have that long career and make sure that your joints are taken care of. Joint Health Plus at Prevenex.com. Hello, Matt. How's it going? Adrian, I'm excited to chat. That's for sure. Cool. I'm excited to listen to you. So what good stuff do you have for me? Um, yeah, well, training has definitely ratcheted up. That's for sure. So, um, beyond just mileage, which is not a whole lot different than it was before. We're definitely like into like the 40 ish miles per week, um, zone, but the, the quantity of the hard miles and just the kind of hard miles is like definitely like has definitely shifted. And it's definitely something that does not tailor itself to to my strengths as a runner. So it's like I'm sitting there like, why did I choose the 10K? Why didn't I choose like the 400 meters 
as my goal. For 400 this meters. Okay. <laughs> Cause I'm like, Oh my God. I basically picked the, the because the goal's not big enough, silly. <laughs> I know. I know. But, uh, so basically we're, we're, we're doing all sorts of things now, which make all the sense in the world. The training shouldn't be altered, but it's like, Oh gosh, like this, this does not lend itself to what, uh, I've, you know, traditionally been pretty good at. And when I say good at, I mean like in relation to like my fitness level. And yeah. And I talked with James uh, on the, you know, the, the part of this episode that, that came, comes before this. We, it was, we recorded it yesterday, in fact. And um, basically talking about like the difference between people who are maybe more aerobically, um, whether it's nature or nurture, just more aerobically inclined versus those a little bit more anaerobically inclined. And I'm definitely more anaerobically inclined. So like we're doing stuff now, like, you know, 10 minute segments threshold work and you got i got a i got a workout coming up which is like um like five miles at marathon pace and i'm like i'm looking at it and like you know we use the vdot system so it's all kind of like part of like a formula in the sense like you plug your fitness in it gives you like a range of times that kind of match different kinds of workouts whether it's a marathon pace workout or threshold pace or whatever Mm -hmm. so you know so i was talking with james Yesterday and like we we actually ratcheted back the V dot score because he he upped it from like forty five to forty eight, which means nothing if someone's not on it. But basically, basically it, that's a big jump, a yeah. big jump. And well, I mean three points, which that you know if if you understand running, then that's a big deal. If not, you're just like, huh? Yeah, exactly. And he did that after like a um, I basically blast like two track workouts out of the water, like back to back, and. Which wasn't completely abnormal for me. Like those, those are ones I usually do pretty well in. So now, then yes, we start doing you are anaerobically inclined. There, so there you go. You're exactly. going to blast the track. Self self described. And then you know. So then then we started doing some of these other workouts, and like the speed was just way too much. Like that the, there was no way I was going to hit the paces. And this was like unbiased. Like you know, we had beat a workout which was like, hey, do like three by ten minutes at like seven minute pace. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I just can't like that's This isn't me self-doubting. I know that I can't do that. And she's like, all right, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So we dialed it back. And even now, even now, we're like, I talked with James yesterday and he's like, yeah, like, I don't think the VF score is where it should be right now. I think we're like underselling it. Mm-hmm. And like, I look at the workout like this weekend, like, I don't know if I can hold 754 pace for five miles, man. Like, I don't, I don't feel good about that either. And I'm like, I'm trying to like tamp it down. Like, all right, like, James knows what he's doing. He he knows me for years. You know what I mean? So, but at the same time, I'm like, I look at that and I'm just like dreading it. Like, oh God, oh, I don't know. And like, that's exactly like how like the basketball workouts have been. Like the same sort of feeling of like, I'm going to have to kill myself to hit these paces. Okay. So anyway, that's so it's exciting on one end because I know I'm working on something I need to work on. I'm dreading it on the other end where it's like, oh, man, like this. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, I'm not picking up really high confidence on these when you take yeah, a you look think? at them, which, uh, <laughs> which, which I call them the uh, I'll keep it clean for the listeners. But it's the oh, crap moment when we see a workout for the first time or we're asked to do something. It is just nowhere near our comfort zone. And we immediately get, I think we've touched on this before in the past, is this fear response is like, I don't think I can do that. And um, that that's a response that, you know, most of us have. I mean, I'm, I'm sure even the high level athletes, they'll take a look at their training and be like, oh, my gosh, what is this? So what can we do when we're faced with that? And, you know, our confidence goes from maybe like a, like an eight, nine to four. So that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. How did you navigate that? And what are some ways we can navigate this moving forward? All right. So like last night was a good example. So last night I did a workout. It was like, um, it was 10 minutes, two minute break, two minute walk rest, then five minutes and then do it again. So then it was three minute walk break, then 10, then two, two minute rest, then five. So 10, five, 10, five, uh, with the 10 minute paces at what is technically threshold. So 724 and then, you know, repetition pace. So 648 for the five minutes. And I was just kind of like, well, I know 
what the intent of the workout is. So I'll just stick with that. But like, you're never too far. I'm never too far afield of like what the paces should be either. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, you, you are a coach yourself. Right. So it's not like you're going in here naive. Right. And I'm also not naive to the fact that like James knows me. Like he wouldn't, you know, there, there are certain times where like, you know, sometimes you just don't hit your workouts or whatever. But like James feels confident I can hit these paces. So I'm like, all right, like I'll just take James's confidence as my own. But I don't want to go too far down that well because I also like I'm also looking at it like, all right, I don't know. So anyway, so I approached yesterday thinking like, all right, I'm just I'm just going to work hard. And I'm just not going to pay. I'm going to try not to. I'll be aware of the paces because I don't want to like overcook myself. So I do want to be looking down my watch and be like, all right, like, because there are times, especially at the beginning of a rep, like a longer of a longer rep, like that, like a 10 minute rep where like, it's easy to overcook yourself in the first two minutes. So I do want to be aware of what's going on. And I'm not experienced enough at this point as I'm getting back into shape, like of knowing exactly what every pace feels like. Sure. So I had that going on. I'm like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to try not to worry about it. And I didn't, I didn't worry about it during the workout, which was nice. So I was able to complete the workout. I didn't hit the paces that were prescribed. I was pretty close in the two 10 minute segments. Um, one of which I basically hit, it was like two seconds off per, per, per mile or whatever. So like that's, yeah, that's fine. Um, the faster ones, which you would think would be more in my realm, like I was just so gassed from the 10 minute segments that I couldn't hit them. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because like earlier that day, James and I were talking about that kind of workout. It's like, you're doing 10 minutes at threshold pace. Like that shouldn't really be that taxing. Like that's, you know, that's something where like on race day, you should be able to race like an hour at that pace and a workout you will do 20 or 30 consecutive minutes at that pace. So 10 minutes at that pace shouldn't really be like that super hard. And like, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard for sure. Um, you know, I was like, I couldn't wait for the rest periods to come. So it was more like after the fact of like looking at the workout and being like, okay, is it, am I just, am I just not there yet in terms of maybe like, even though James is a great coach and he knows me really well, like maybe these are just too fast for me right now. Or was it like, am I just getting in my own way? Right. And like, I know what his thought is. His thought is like, it's like definitely like either you're in your own way or you're just like, you're just, your body isn't just absorbing the paces yet. And it will come like in a week, your body will be used to running those paces for that time. And it will all kind of come together. So what, what do you think it was? What's your opinion on it? Uh, It's hard. Cause like, I just feel like it's too fast. Okay. But. I don't know, man. Is it too fast or is it just faster than what you're used to? Um, Which I don't expect you don't have to have a definite answer for this today. Um, Okay. Yeah. But, but just like, cause that is kind of part of, I mean, you have to be smart about it. Getting faster is you're just like, holy crap. I don't know if I can do this. Finish, just finish this curve on the track and then we'll reevaluate. That's a way to kind of negotiate that. But um, I think it's being able to, you know, kind of make that articulation is, is it an absorption thing? Is it the fact that, you know, I'm just, you know, still trying to mentally absorb whatever the task is, is a little bit of both. So, but that being said, I love the approach of I'm going to show up and work hard is I'm going to finish my reps with my hands on my knees and I'm going to get what I need out of the session so I can do better next session. And I think you probably accomplished the objective for that. So sounds like overall was a success. Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, but then part of it's like the, the difference between like doing the intent of the workout or like trying to like bury yourself to hit like, a subjective pace, you know? Um, So kind of going back and forth and also understanding like, Hey, in order to get faster, you got to like do this sort of stuff. So yeah, I I don't know. I keep going back and forth with it. Like between like, you know, between all this stuff. So I'm definitely like in my own head about it for sure. And then the other part, which is like kind of thrown me for a loop is, um, is that like, 
we started doing these new things on the weekends. And for me, it's new is like, we'll do like our longer workout session on Saturday. And then on Sunday, he has me running, I think it's like 75 to 85 minutes. So basically we're talking eight or nine miles. Yeah. Um, and man, those, those, that next day, easy run. And like, I'm definitely approaching it. Like this is an easy run. This is a recovery run. Like don't, I, there's no pace. I don't care about pace. Um, it is hard. <laughs> Last weekend I took like three walk breaks. I like, you know, and it wasn't like aerobically. My, it was not like my lungs were dying. It was more of like my whole body fatigue. Yeah. From like, well, has this, is this, is this uncharted territory for you? It sounds like it. For sure. 100%. So like 100% uncharted territory, which is kind of exciting to like try something new and be like, all right, now this is like a whole new phase of potential fitness I can get. It was so funny. So I was talking to James about it and I'm like, I was basically framing it as like, it feels like it's like a double session. Cause like for me, my long runs are 10 or 11 miles. So like these aren't that far from that. Right. These are kind of like in between my normal easy run and my long run. And um, yeah. And it was just like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, that, that, those, those shouldn't be hard. Those, those are fine. It's just an easy run. It's no big deal. And it's like, I can't wait for that to be the case. But like, it feels like a big deal to me right now because like I'm taking walk breaks and <laughs> I'm not completing them. And it's like, I'm trying to be positive and be like, this is just part of the process, whatever. But also like, you're also aware of like, oh, so like that workout didn't, like I had to, I buried myself in that workout in order to do it. And then like the next day I'm bouncing back with like nine miles. I'm like, oh my God. Like after five, I'm like, oh my, where's home? I need to get home. Like I am so tired. And um, yeah. So anyway, that's where I am right now. So it's exciting to try all this new stuff, but it's also definitely like a shock to the confidence that I had a few weeks ago. Gotcha. So so we're kind of in a recalibration phase, it sounds like, where it's just like, okay, we're getting into the big boy stuff now. And it's kind of, it's nowhere you've really been before. And it, it just sounds like it's not not eating your lunch, but this is <laughs> the challenge, right? So, like, so like this. So, I'm recording this on Thursday. So, on Saturday, I got that five mile segment with like you know, so a two mile warm up, five miles at marathons, which is he has a 7:54 pace, and then two mile cool down. And to put that in perspective, when I did that 10k in November 15th. Like, this is like, you know, this is shows you how, how different it is. So I ran that 10K. The first four miles were all slower than the pace I'll be running to, on Saturday. So, like, I finished with, like, so it was basically, basically to remind people, or if they didn't listen the first time, it was basically run out the first 5K and, like, easy plus, and then come home hard. So I ran easy plus, which was roughly 835-ish, 840, 835 to 840 pace you know, depending on like the elevation or whatever. And then came home and then finished with a 740, then a 720. And then, you know, it's kind of like sprinted for the line or whatever. And then, so I'm looking at it now, like that 740 felt like I was flying. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty close to what I was supposed to be running on Saturday the whole time. And it's like, I, I don't feel like that much more fit. And I remember that day being like, and we talked about this. I was like super hyped after that run. I really was. And like, I was looking back on saying, I was like, I should not have looked back at my time because now I'm completely second guessing myself. Right. Well, and, and then it's just like, we, we want to resist the temptation to really get too tied up in numbers mm -hmm. um, because sprint finish, that's cool uh, because that's how you, how you want to finish a race. Um, you know, I think it's, it granted on workout days, it's kind of hard not to focus on it, but one thing, you know, I'm going to bring this up again that I, I like is you just deciding, okay, I'm here to work. I'm here to push myself. Um, and I wonder if you just kind of made a little commitment each hard session to be like, I'm just gonna, 
I'm just going to go a little bit further, a little bit deeper than before. I wonder what that would do. What do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. Because like that's something, of course, I'm standing here pacing around my office talking to you. Barefoot actually sounds pretty easy, uh, but I'm not you. But I think that it you know, makes me, if I was in your shoes, that would make me comfortable. And I know that I use that you know, in my own training, if I see something just kind of big and scary is, um, you know what, I just want to see if I can go a little bit deeper, give a little bit more than last time. It's not like I need to hit a home run. Uh, it's okay. Is when you, you start, your brain starts telling you this is too fast. You need to stop is we just ask ourselves for a little bit more. Yeah, I'm just worried a little bit about pacing. Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a that's a James question, I think. I know, but you're a coach too. James just had foot surgery, so I can't really ask him. He's like, you know, it's kind of like off the grid for a few days. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> all right, pick my brain then. Come on, Adrian, you can do it. Um, Don't you, yeah. Oh my God, I just did the total therapist. I just made a total therapist move where I'm just like, nope. Next question. <laughs> It's like we are so quick to refer. It's not even funny. So, yes, my uh, very meticulous training came through and I apologize. Ooh, okay, yes. Now, and people should know you're not simple. You're not merely a sports psychologist. You were also a running coach. So, yeah. And you know me well, right? We've been talking for a while now. Yes, um, I do feel like I know you quite well. So yeah. we'll have to meet in person one of these days. Like maybe I should come to your 10K, but we'll discover that. We'll discuss that at a later time off record. I'm definitely not going to be running my 10K this summer in Texas. I can, I, the, even if I could travel, there's no way I would go in that heat. I might go the other way. I might go north to Canada. Yeah. Fun fact, I got my COVID vaccination the other day. So it's not a cape and it's not a do what you want card, but it's a step. So. There you go. There you go. All right. So pacing wise, here, here's what I was thinking. Was that like. We're brainstorming now. Come on, let's go. Right. <laughs> Is our, so yeah, I got 754 on, on the, on the, uh, on the schedule. Uh-huh. I feel strongly that I can't hold that for five miles. Okay. Like I know that because yesterday I ran seven, what is it? Like seven, um, 37 pace for 10 minutes and I was tired. So, um, so I, I just like, all right, do I just start off? Like, do I just go by intent of like, like I'm running easy plus plus type feel. Um, so like, you know, so it's just, an, it's just speeding up a little bit from my easy pace or do I, do I, you know, start off with like a certain time? Like, no, I'm gonna start like eight fifteen, and then maybe whittle my way down. I know there's a lot of ways of doing this. That's an idea. My most favorite is give yourself a range. Um, so seven fifty four looks looks iffy on paper. What does uh, eight? How does eight oh one eight oh two make you feel? And, you know, if you're just having a great day, I know y'all's weather is probably superior to ours and you dip a little bit below. So I love the five to 10 seconds either way pace window because we can still accomplish what we're trying to accomplish when it comes to what energy system we're working. But we don't beat ourselves up because there's something that this is actually bringing up one of my kind of not pet peeves, but something that's always kind of gotten into my head is I look at a singular pace. And I told my coach about this. I'm like, dude, I cannot do my intervals. If you say I want this at 620, then I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I have to be precise. And then I get stressed. Then I'm so hung up on what the GPS says or, you know, just stuff that matters but doesn't in the grand scheme of things um is okay so what if i like say it's i'm just throwing out 620 for one of my examples is i'm like okay adrian can you give me a 615 to 630 or you really have a good day normally i don't want to go too much faster but i give myself a little bit of cushion cushion because pacing very, very rarely 
are we going to hit pace on the nose every single split in a race? So it's, you know, imagine like what's, you know, back in, back when you played basketball, what if the hoop was just a couple inches wider both ways? Uh, you would probably shoot it right down the middle. It has that effect. Like I've actually done this with golfers is I'll put tees next to the holes about a thumb width apart. Suddenly their accuracy goes up. Hmm. Isn't that neat? That is cool. Yeah. So that's my favorite. Um, I mean, I, every runner who struggles with that, that's a technique that I give them. Um, so if you like that, try it. If you like just kind of giving it a description, try that. But um, I think ultimately is like, okay, are we, you know, we're going to get faster. So we're just like, okay, so I can feel like I succeeded is let's give myself a window. Um, and, you know, that that'll kind of give you, you know, we you look down at the watch, you don't like what you see suddenly, you know, it's probably going to be a little bit easier because you're not constantly trying to stay on the on a certain number. So anyway. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe like, yeah, the, the eight to eight, 10 type thing. Yeah. And, and who knows, you might exceed it because there, because it doesn't create this sense of stress and drive your confidence down. So if you're confident, you're going to run looser, um, you know, because we're, you're going to be more engaged in what you're doing than just wondering, okay, is this even possible? Yeah. And the other thing too, is that it's hard for me to be confident at like the that pace i just haven't run that pace like i've run like intervals at faster than that pace yeah and i've done the other stuff at like you know easy run so i'm not like hey how long can i sustain eight minute pace for i was like i have no idea dude. i don't run eight minute pace yeah uh, marathon pace is weird um and you know we just want to think okay if i don't have much experience with it let's practice it so it's just like anything else like it's probably going to feel very foreign and uncomfortable until you have more reps in. Right. Right. Thank God I'm not training for a marathon. Oh God. Thank <laughs> God. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I did do some marathon pace work, uh, this past year and I have not purposefully run marathon pace. I'll be honest in years. And it felt funny. And it was just like, it was easy, but it wasn't that easy. It was hard, but it wasn't that hard. I'm like, what do I do with this? Right. It's kind of like, like death by paper cut. Yeah. So I would, so that's why I'm like, okay, give me in between this and this, uh, we stay between that we're golden. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's helpful. So Let's kind of let, let's expand the rim a little bit, see what happens. Uh, so that way you don't feel, you know, like you're being ha having your feet held to the fire necessarily. You have a little bit more control. There you go. All right. I got to go get dinner ready. Adrian, thank you so much for the time. You are so welcome. We'll talk soon. Keep up the good work. James and Adrian, thank you so much. As always always appreciate the expertise and your constant involvement in my training and helping me get better in both of your spheres it really you know, it really means so much to me also big shout out to the mastering 40 sponsors they've been with me all year and i really appreciate their involvement we got prevenex tracksmith and inside tracker helping me inside and out if you are serious about your running go check them out Prevenex for supplements and protein powder, Tracksmith for the best attire in the world, and Inside Tracker so you learn about what's going on inside of you. In fact, tomorrow, Friday, I'm scheduling my next Inside Tracker appointment. And I'll have my, uh, after that, after I get my appointment, then I'll uh, have another episode with an Inside Tracker employee who's going to give me the full deep dive into exactly what's going on on the inside. So that'll happen in a few weeks. But until we get there. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of In Post Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. 
enterprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.